Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here and to be joining us and share your story with our audience, with our community. Um, Everyone here listening, I've got Wendy here. She is a South Florida wardrobe stylist helping women revamp their image and self-confidence. Wendy's passion led her to attend Florida State University, which I went to as well, so I was excited to see that, where she earned her degree in fashion merchandising. Wendy has worked in multiple retailers, learning all aspects of leading a team, building and establishing clientele. Her main passion is building the confidence in her clients through image and not just putting on an outfit, but how to style it and make it work for their current lifestyle. And I really got a lot out of reading your about section in your web, in, on your website and just seeing how much it is so true, like how much better you feel when you take the time into your own style. And it, that that saying, like when you look good, you feel good. Like I can certainly attest to that. Um, so I'd love to just like first just welcome you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for, for sharing your me. time and just share a little bit like your orange origin story for fashion and, you know, a little bit about your background, what Florida State and and what led you here to this moment. You yeah. Know? Um, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. This is such an honor. Um, so, yeah, so I my passion for fashion really comes from a little girl. Like I've always, you know, being a girl, you have a little girl of your own playing dress up. Um, so even through college, um, when I went to uh, the merchandising school, it was a part of me that I always wanted to own my boutique store. But then I realized that I really wanted to focus a lot with one-on-one clientele. So through my internship process, I had an opportunity to work for Dillard's in the buying office. That did not go so well. I was like, I'm not a desk person. I need to be one-on-one. So then again, it made me rethink how I wanted to go through my career. So I had the opportunity to work for Dillard's. At 22 years old, I was running two department stores. Wow. So I had about 30 employees under me. Um, and where was this? This was in this Tallahassee? This was in Tallahassee. Okay. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> yep. That the governor's Yes, Mall. I know exactly what you're yep. talking about. <laughs> so I was running two department stores, not really knowing where, you know, or how to go about. Um, but it was a really great program. So Dillard really opened a lot of uh, doors for me. And not only in the fashion, but also knowing how to run a business. So I was able to work one-on-one with clients. I was able to build up a team. Uh, So then from there, I kind of just developed in um, working with different retailers. So I went from Dillard's, then I worked for Ann Taylor, so not so much a big box, but to a specialty store. Then I worked for Gap. I worked for Banana Republic. I worked for J. Crew. At the end, I ended up being a district manager but during my height of the career, my then boyfriend, we got engaged and we got offered to be moved to Luxembourg. So for his I, job. For his job. Okay. So I had to put my job on hold, mm. my career on hold. Um, 
he was he's an attorney, so he had the really a really big opportunity to go to Luxembourg. So we were there for four years. I tried to get a a job there, but the language barrier was a big change for me. Mm. So anything that I was trying to apply for, I mean, I was just denied because I didn't know French. I didn't know Luxembourgish. The only thing I was really able to offer was my expertise, but then English, right? Yeah. So, um, so four years of me being abroad really made me think about a lot, like where I wanted to end up when that day would come when we would come back to the States. So fast forward four years and a half later, I had my firstborn in Luxembourg. We ended up moving back to South Florida. And, you know, it was a really tough time for both of us because trying to really figure out um, where my husband was also in transition with his work. So I started really researching what is, you know, what is a personal stylist and if this is even a need in South Florida. Because uh, when we think about wardrobe stylist or fashion stylist, you know, there's this um, this persona that people say it's only for the rich. It's only for the celebrities. Mm. And it's really not like any women or any anybody can really get into a um, hire a personal stylist because it's an investment. So I when I was doing the research, I saw that there was a few companies. Um, but really, it didn't really focus so much on women individually. So I I took the leap of faith and I opened up my business. And it took probably about six to eight months to really establish a good idea of who the clientele I wanted to be. Uh, and I got my first client. And that was such an amazing experience. Mm. Um, and, you know, as a business owner yourself, there's a lot of things that you learned from when you take on the first job and you just evolve from there. So I'm in my third year. Um, it's not full time. It is still part time for me because I still have two little kids at home. Mm-hmm. So they are my main priority. Uh, but it's been a blessing the past three years. And it's just every year it just keeps getting better. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for as a business owner, right? Just keep learning and keep moving forward. I there's a a lot actually. I want to ask about that story. Um, what was kind of going through your head when you got the job offer? Like, were you always into international travel, or was that your first time to Europe? Like, what was going through your head when you had the opportunity to move there? Was there any fear, or had you been there before? Like, I'd love to just dive into the mindset of that. Uh, so we, my husband and I, uh, we travel a lot. Since the first time we met, our first trip was to Argentina six months into us dating. Mm-hmm. So us traveling was not – that didn't bring any fear to me. What what did bring me fear was not knowing anyone. Mm-hmm. Because you go on vacation, you're only there for two weeks. You're there for a week, whatever it is. And you always come back to your home, you know, your home base, what you're comfortable with. So not – we've never been to Luxembourg. So for me, I was scared of arriving to a country that I did not know anyone. We, out of all his colleagues, we were going to be one of the youngest families without kids. So that also put a lot of of fear and the unknown, right? right? Not knowing what's going to happen. And when we moved to Luxembourg, there was somebody that told me, well, give yourself six months and you'll probably see that you're going to want to move back. And 
that easily could that comment easily could have been it sh- it could have stayed with me mm-hmm. and it brought me even more of okay I really don't want to be here anymore but no it, it kind of was a challenge I was like no you know what I'm going to make this work yeah um I obviously couldn't get a job but I put myself out there I uh began I, are you familiar with make a wish mm-hmm. yeah so there's a make a wish chapter okay it's no longer in Luxembourg but at the time it had just launched and I I offered if I could volunteer. So I was volunteering for Make-A-Wish of Luxembourg uh, for about three years. Wow. And I did a lot of wishes there. I then ended up being one of their co-shares for their galas that we would raise about 30 to 40,000 uh, euros a year. Wow. Where these funds would be, would be then granted to the kids. Amazing. So all of this was my time. But again, that... that per- that one person that told me, you know, just give yourself six months and you'll see you're going to want to go back home. I was like, yeah, no, I'm all up for a challenge. Yeah. And I knew it was a great opportunity for my husband. So why not? You know? Yeah, totally. And like, yes, you couldn't get a job, you know, I guess monetarily compensated, but you were able to utilize your talents and your strengths and your passions to make even potentially even a broader impact in that community. And I can totally understand being concerned or feeling fear around not having that community support, especially as you were embarking on that journey of potentially having kids in the next few years and not knowing what that support would look like. Um, Going back to kind of what not being able to get a job in fashion in Luxembourg, what did you, even though you couldn't quite get that job, I'm sure being in Europe like shaped your style sense or just shaped your fashion in some way? Like, what did you learn about the fashion industry just by being there and observing? So it's uh, it goes back to helping women revamp their image mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of the families that we were um, around were just new moms. So feeling how to go back to that. And I saw a lot of that. Like, I surrounded myself with a lot of new moms and they just felt overwhelmed or the comment would be, I just I don't have anything to wear or my husband has a business dinner and what, sh- you know, I have to go shopping. And in Luxembourg, there isn't a big shopping industry. Mm. So we're limited to one mall, a few boutiques. Well, at the time, I'm sure it's different right now. But at the time, there wasn't a lot of places to shop. So it was either online. Amazon had just started in Luxembourg. So it's not like that click of. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to buy this dress and it's here within the next day. Um, that was very limited as well. So I I also took that into consideration when, you know, just looking at that, just being around all these beautiful women, but they always seem to struggle with what do I have to wear? Mm, you have to get creative when you had limited options there. This episode is sponsored by Rising Nature Retreats. Are you feeling called to explore the world, tick off your bucket list, and make lifelong friends along the way? Are you overwhelmed from planning the logistics of your trips or sick of feeling like you need a vacation from your vacation when you return home? Rising Nature Retreats offers world-class travel experiences infused with daily yoga and wellness, personal development workshops, unique adventure and cultural excursions, and holistic local cuisines. Experience the world as you elevate your wellness. Return home feeling rejuvenated and empowered to bring what you learn about other cultures and about yourself back home with you. This is the adventure you've been waiting for. 
Join us in 2024 to explore Thailand, Portugal, or Greece. Visit risingnatureretreats.com or at Rising Nature Retreats on Instagram and Facebook for all the brochures and information on upcoming international retreats and local of classes and events in South Florida. So you mentioned that you had your first son in Luxembourg, and then you also have a second son who you had here in South Florida. What was that um, pregnancy, birth, postpartum experience like for you, Europe versus oh, here? <laughs> that wasn't one of the pre, <laughs> one of the pre-written <laughs> questions, but as I said, we just flow with Ooh. it. So. Um, it was a big change. Yeah. So I'm sure you probably experienced this with your when you first get pregnant, you are excited about bringing this beautiful child into into this world. I put a lot of trust in my like my medical providers. So I thought everything was great. I was really ready post baby. Mm. So I had um, everything that I wanted set up, but I didn't give too much consideration what I wanted my birth to look like. Mm, okay. So it's usually the opposite. Usually people are like so obsessed with their birth plan but they don't give two, you know, two thoughts about yeah. what the postpartum is going to be like. No, yeah, I wasn't like that. You're the me. opposite. I was yeah. the opposite. I don't honestly, I don't know. I guess I trusted my, and it's not that they did anything wrong. It was great. The pregnancy was great. Um, all the doctor's appointments were great. But I just felt like I was, it. I was in great hands. Mm. And when we talked about the birth plan, I was like, okay, yeah, we'll just kind of go with the flow and. We'll see what happens. All I all I knew I wanted is a natural birth. That's all I kept saying. I wanted a natural birth. I don't want an epidural. Mm. But there weren't any further talks or education on, around that. Right. So birth came and my birth uh, – so Bryce is my firstborn. Uh, I was in labor for like 18 hours. Wow. Yeah. I was induced at 38 weeks. I probably could have pushed back uh, on on being induced, mm -hmm. but the dog, my my doctor at the time, when I went to go get checked up, she checked me and she said, "Wendy, you're having this baby tonight or tomorrow." And I was like, "Why?" Uh, she's like, "Well, your your fluid is too low, mm -hmm. and there's just no way that this baby can survive. So yeah. we need to get you into the hospital today." I was like, "Okay." You know, again, there wasn't any pushback. I just went with what she said. I'm sure it was accurate. But if I would have known what I know today, I think there could have been other questions I could right. have asked differently. Yeah. So anyhow, we went through we went through the labor process and that was intense. It was very intense. Um, I just remember the facility. We were there were nurses just changing in and out. Mm. Um, I was really stressed. So I'm sure like all of that just didn't really help yeah. me. So the hospital in Luxembourg just had like a rotating staff of people yeah. coming in and out. So you didn't really, at least my experience here in South Florida was at least for like seven, eight hours, you'd have the same nurse. And then it, was, it felt like every four hours. Yeah. There was like a, yeah. new, a new face. Interesting. And then a new person introducing himself in Luxembourg-ish. Mm -hmm. But then I would have to remind them, I don't speak the language. I speak English, please. Right. And, so that was a lot. Um, and then Bryce was born. So and that was that was great. Um, so, yeah, after that, everything was fine. 
Four years later, I have my son Aiden here. I, as soon as I knew that I was pregnant, I hired a doula. Mm. Um, and she was with me through my entire process of pregnancy. And I told her that I definitely want a natural birth. So, and I forgot to mention with Bryce, I, at the last minute, I ended up getting an epidural because I had two options. It was either going to an emergency C-section or last minute epidural. And I didn't want a C-section. So we went with that. I don't even really think it helped. But the only thing I do remember from that birth with Bryce is, and this was my experience, is that I just felt like I was not in control of my body. Mm. And I told myself after, right, uh, that if I ever do become pregnant again and have a child, I don't want to have that feeling. I want to be in control of my own body. Right. So with Aiden um, and talking with our doula, I told her I want to have a natural birth. This I told her about my birth experience with Bryce, and she recommended hypnobirthing. Mm. I was like, oh, what is that? And so she recommended the book, the hypnobirthing book. My husband and I read it. I was all for it. And I was like, this is what I want to do. So that's what I did. Yeah. And he was, I was in labor with Aiden for like less than four hours. Wow. And it was a beautiful birth. They were both beautiful. But with Aiden, it was, there was moments that I fell asleep while I was in labor because that's how calm I was. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Do you think, and granted, this could just be a time, like there was just five years ago, there wasn't as much talk of doula support, but do you think the culture of Luxembourg versus South Florida was, was different in terms of accepting of having that doula support? You would say yes. Yes. Because even at that time, I remember there were talks about doulas in Luxembourg, but they were not allowing them. Mm. And it was a process to have them. So I'm sure it's different now. But yeah, I mean, we didn't, I didn't know about hypnobirthing. Um, Doula came up probably when I was eight months towards the end of my pregnancy. And when I talked to the hospital about it, they said, oh, no, that's not possible. Like, it's only you and your husband. Right. You can't have another person in the room. So interesting. So the culture, yes, it's different. Gotcha. Cool. Um, And also you had Aiden during the pandemic. So that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that's another conversation. But so did you. A whole nother. Yeah, started. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So my daughter, Layla, and your youngest son, Aiden, are in the same birthday, actually. They were both turning three soon. Um, And then I guess because we met during a mommy and me class. um, We also were in the same mom community in the same suburb here in South Florida. But we also met at a mommy and me class, which is known to build community support and friendship. I guess speaking of that, like postpartum support, like did you have family come visit? Did you have, you know, a postpartum duel? Like what did you have in, in, Luxembourg? in Luxembourg? Like what did that look like for you postpartum wise? Because the pandemic was my first postpartum experience and I would consider it to be, you know, fairly isolating just because there wasn't a lot of those mommy and me groups happening or park meetups or whatever. Um, so what was that like for you having your baby and, and the support that you had afterwards in Luxembourg? In Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, my my post-baby uh, plan was great. Mm-hmm. My, I had my mom, my in-laws came. Oh, amazing. So there was a lot of support. I had a lot of great friends that did help me afterwards as well. 
Uh, my husband was great as well, but um, I never felt like I was alone. It didn't hit me though till s- about five months, five or six months later that my husband was again going through transition into work. And at that point, I also felt like I was starting to get lonely. Mm. Uh, and that's when we decided to move back. So we moved back to the States when Bryce was eight months. Okay. So the process to moving back started when Bryce was about five to six. Yeah, because it's a process moving, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a whole thing. It's a yeah, but luckily everything turned out great. Yeah, awesome, so. amazing. Um, so with your passion for fashion and also your passion for traveling and just seeing the world, uh, uh, one of the services that you offer is helping uh, people pack mm-hmm. and almost packing like a travel outfit. Uh, what's the word? Capsule, like almost like, Correct. right? Like packing yeah. efficiently, mm-hmm. pa- packing stylishly, packing in a way that suits the weather, what you're going to be doing activity wise. You're not like just bringing a random out- item just to bring mm-hmm. it. Like it actually, everything is making sense. Um, what, ha- like, how did that service come to be? Cause like you said, a lot of people just think personal stylist. Oh, that's for the rich and famous or the celebrities when actuality it's for the everyday person. And a lot of people and a lot of travel groups, Facebook groups that I'm in say, how does anybody pack more than a 50 pound bag? I don't understand. <laughs> like I have to bring two suitcases. And and so it is really for the everyday person who just wants to pack efficiently, but also pack with style and feel confident on their trip. How did how did that service come about for you? So again, evolving my business. Uh, it was last year I had a client that was traveling and she, so it was something I thought about, but at the moment it was, I was just doing closet edits. I was just doing personal shopping. But she asked me if I would be willing to just put outfits together for her and because she was going um, to the Caribbean for a week. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, it's really what we're doing now, but I will just put it together for you. I'll pack it for you. And it's that's it. And then I have um, I have an app. It's a digital lookbook that all my clients get. So what I do is I photograph the outfit and then I upload it to this app and it's just, it's very accessible to them. Mm. So it's easy to navigate. And so like even while they're traveling, they can right open there. it up. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. It's an app on their phone. They just open it and they just can go to whatever category they're looking at and it's there at their fingertips. So from there, yeah, it's just a service that I was like, oh, this is really beneficial for many, like you said, and it just went from there. Yeah. So now I've had probably a good six to seven clients that utilize that service. And I really prefer having a client that I've already worked in their closet as opposed to starting from fresh. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I don't like just taking people's money. Like, I would rather know what your current lifestyle is at, what type of wardrobe you have right. as opposed to like you just hire me and I'm like, okay, well, I kind of need to go a little bit more. Yeah. But it's a great, it's a great way to travel because I don't know if you do this, but many women, they're like, okay, we're going away for seven days and here they are bringing their big suitcases. Exactly. Of They're just bringing dresses and tops and not really knowing or thinking through your agenda or your, or your itinerary. And then you're left with 10 pairs of shoes and then extra pieces that you're probably end up. Yeah. Like nothing makes sense. Exactly. And then you're just like you open your bag and you're just stressed because there's just crap everywhere. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. So I love that idea of like just packing efficiently. 
and like optimally. So it's not just about, okay, I'll just pack one pair of black leggings and one shirt and, you know, we'll mix match the leggings. Like you're actually looking at it from a style perspective too. So what would you say? I know it totally depends on where someone's going. Like a trip to Jamaica is going to be different to a trip to Norway and what you would pack. But in terms of like staples for a trip, let's say you're going to Europe for two weeks in the summer. What are some of your like fashion outfit staples that you would say are key to bringing with you? So definitely good pair of sneakers. Mm. Um, sneakers that are versatile, though. Something that you can work out in and then also walking around. I would always uh, flats. Good pair of walking shoes. So not um, not sandals, but good pair of just like closed toe shoes that you can easily dress down, dress up as needed. I would bring one pair of nice jacket and then a really nice dress. Mm. So something that you can as well dress up or you can dress it down. Right. Yeah. And then uh, I had this question the other day about a client. Well, should I bring jeans? And I was like, you know, it, it just really depends because, um, again, Jeans, I would say, could be a staple, but it depends on the climate that you're going to. Mm. So if you're going to Europe, for example, over the summer, the likelihood of you wearing jeans is probably slim. Yeah. Like a nice long dress might be better. a better option because exactly. yeah, you can dress it up or dress it down. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah. See, I'm... I'm definitely guilty of just like the leggings and the shirt and, you know, just throwing things together. Right. Um, but I do love the idea of like look, taking a look at your itinerary, seeing what you're doing every day and just being really efficient of like, OK, you can wear this three different ways. You can wear this three different ways. Do you have access to a washing machine? Do you have access? Correct. I remember we were in Ireland for two or three weeks uh, in last summer in 2022. Mm-hmm. And Right next door to where we were staying in Dublin, there was like a 24-hour drop off your laundry, get it back within the next day. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, why do we don't need to bring an outfit for every day. We can just find somewhere to get your clothes washed. Or if you're in an Airbnb, maybe you have a washing machine there. Right. Yep. And that's a great point, too. Um, I always, always recommend as well, if you are traveling more than two weeks, plan to pack for like a week and a half. Mm. Uh, So that way you're constantly just changing your clothing and you know if you have access to a laundry service then it makes life so much easier yeah for sure especially when you travel with kids <laughs> yes so this yes so this past summer we i'm sure we're going to talk about it yeah no let's go we, for it let's do it um everybody was very surprised how we packed so we were away so we took two big trips but our main trip was six weeks and we so it's my husband and I and our two kids. And we did four carry-ons, two like bags, two duffel bags, medium size, and two backpacks. And that's it. Wow. That's and were the duffel bags checked or were, were they everything four? Was, ca- everything was carry-on. Wow. Okay. Let's dive into that. I love that. <laughs> everything was carry-on. Uh, now on the way back though, we did buy a luggage right. and checked that big luggage the whole way through yeah because we ended up you know just souvenir of course and just yeah. extra stuff we ended up but I getting. do think actually that's something I think is so important is like you can do that you can just buy a suitcase it doesn't have to be a very expensive suitcase like you can buy a suitcase and on the way home then bring it back me and my husband did that all the time when we were in Asia We'd pack like a small backpack mm-hmm. and then we'd know, okay, when we get to the stage that we're buying a lot of souvenirs because it's that's important. It's an important part of the process is getting like little treasures to bring back home. 
but then you're maybe not buying that scarf or getting, you know, the beautiful leather bag from Italy because you're worried you won't fit it. And like, that's okay to buy a bag while you're there and bring it home. Or you can even ship things. I remember we got to the stage in Thailand where we're like, we have too much stuff. And we just bought a box, put our stuff in it, taped it together, shipped it back home to Australia. And that was fine. And there's even services out there, companies that will pick up your luggage at your destination and you'll see it a few weeks later. Yeah. So there are other means and other ways Mm. to make your life easier. Totally. Um, Okay. So back to the four carry-ons, please. (laughs) (laughs) So you each had a backpack, you each had a carry-on, and you had two duffel bags. Not each of us had. Well, yeah. So my little one had his backpack. I mean, which is just like his, toys like and toys snacks. And yeah. And, you know, just whatever. Yeah. But um, the four carry-ons was a big one. Yeah. Because we, so the way we traveled this past six weeks, it was we rented a car for four weeks of that. And we were going to travel through Italy. So if you're familiar with Italy, there's a lot of tiny towns. Mm-hmm. The streets are very narrow. And you can't really drive a big car. Um, I mean, you can, but we just didn't want to risk it, especially with the two little ones. So we're like, we can't really bring a big suitcase then. It's like you're actually limited, you know? Yeah. You're limited to the four, yeah. the four ones. So my my biggest tip that I always give my clients, and this was something that I took away with me, is the packing cubes. Mm. So they they sell them, you know, everywhere, TJ Maxx, you can get them on Amazon, but every carry-on had them. And right. that's how we were able to maximize our space in these carry-ons. So each of us had our own carry-on and that was it. Whatever you're able to pack in there, that that was it. And the packing cubes allow you to explain to someone like, what would you, like, how would you utilize the packing cube? So the packing cubes, um, so it depends on the package, but there could be like four or five of these. Um, they're they're like bags, mm-hmm. and it, there are some of them that can be um, like compressed even further down once you have all your stuff in there. But what what I always do with my clients is once we do your outfits, then you either roll them or fold them nicely, and then start putting them in these cubes. Mm-hmm. And so then that way, you will really see a big difference on how much more space you will have by using these cubes. Yeah. So we used packing cubes for the first time through Greece because I was just like, we have all these wires and cords for the monitors. And then we've got all the toiletries and the medicine and everything that you have to bring over the counter medicine and all the little girl socks and everything. And I was like, this is going to get wild after three weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's just on top of a saving space, it's just the organization of knowing. And you can put all your dirty clothes in one of the bags. So it's right there. So that's like a huge space saver, time saver, stress saver. Um, so I love that. And you can, you can get them anywhere. Amazon, Target, TJ Maxx, totally. Target sells them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're everywhere. And you can put shoes in them, which are great. Some of them come with like little shoe packs, packs, which I always recommend anyways, uh, because you don't want to put your dirty shoes with your, on your clothes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always recommend to have those shoe, shoe bags. Cool. Um, what was that like? Like six weeks? I know this isn't your first rodeo traveling with your kids, but six weeks driving in a little car through little towns in Italy with a two and a half year old. And how old is Bryce now? Five now? No, he's seven. Seven. Oh my gosh. Just seven. seven. Yes. So like, what was that like for you guys? So, you know, there was a lot of great moments. Um, but there were a lot of challenging moments. Mm-hmm. So. 
I mean, the reality is, you know, you have two kids and not every day is going to go perfect. So I think one of the questions uh, you were going to ask is, you know, what was one of your aha moments of traveling for the first time with your kids? And I think for me, it was this actually this past summer because we've done big trips like this. Uh, actually, no, we've done trips, but not as big as this one. Mm-hmm. So in my eyes, I thought everything was going to go every day. We we're going to have a plan. And I realized that halfway through our trip that we don't need to have a plan every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to have a proposed itinerary, but it's also okay to just sit back and enjoy the moment, enjoy wherever you're at. So there were days that we had nothing planned and my kid, like my husband would have to work. I would have to, I would take the kids and um, yeah. It's just like, that was nice. See where the day takes you. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Child and Company. Child and Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work from home parents located in Boca Raton. Child and Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career-driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby or have lunch with your toddler if you like, and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting, which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like in September, they are exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events like some beanie, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child & Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child & Company. I think it's so important with kids to give yourself like rest days almost. Like it's always important to have rest days and travel anyways, but just to have like half a morning to just do what you would normally do at home, maybe on like a Saturday, like let's have like a slow breakfast, maybe like watch a little TV show, watch, read a book together, like things that like you might do at home. So it's not so like go, go, go because we can handle that, but maybe they, they can't, they need a little bit of like rest. And it's interesting to hear you say at seven years old, and three years old that it was challenging because I, I, I have a three year, almost three year old and a one year old. And I'm like, 
when I have a seven and a five-year-old, it's going to be fine, you know? But like, I always hear from friends of mine with kids that are seven, eight, nine, 10, like the challenges are always there. You just have to learn how to navigate them or like regulate your own emotions. Right. And it's like that to think that you hit this like arbitrary age number and then right. traveling is going to be easy after that is just such a myth. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, every stage is different. It's yeah. Um, challenging. So I have, I have two boys and my boys are very active. And so my little one, Aiden, thinks he's seven. Yeah. And my seven-year-old thinks that Aiden is his age. So they're constantly battling each other or they want to do the same things. But I also have to remind them like, you know, somebody's going to end up getting hurt. If we're playing Power Rangers too rough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <know>? yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, those were the challenging moments that I had to be careful with either Aiden or Bryce being too rough on one another. Mm. So, yeah, I I, I kind of felt the same, actually. It, we went to Greece this past summer and everyone's like, wow, the photos look so amazing. I'm sure I texted you about your travels like, wow, your travels yeah. look so amazing. And it's, I've always very honest about my travels because, you know, it's not, it's just a high re- highlight reel on social media. And right. so I, you know, I, I said very openly on Instagram, like, look, this was a trip of the highest of highs. We had the best family time, but also like hands down the most challenging trip with my kids that we've taken so far. And I think everyone expects traveling to be just glorious and everything's going to be great and your kids are just going to magically behave as if they behave every day at home, which they don't. <laughs> right. right. And so it's like you you have to kind of give up that idea of perfection when you're traveling with kids, Absolutely. even when you're traveling with yourself. Like yeah. you have to, I'm sure when you and your husband go on trips on your own without kids, like you probably take the lessons that you've learned from being with your kids traveling. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, no one's perfect. Life isn't perfect and you kind of have to take it as as whatever presents to you that day. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, like I said, we had a lot of great moments, but a lot of challenging and learning moments yeah. that we've had. Um, I, can, I can tell you that Bryce and Aiden developed a really special bond this summer, oh. though, because they both only had each other, right? So we're telling my seven-year-old, like, this is your buddy for the next six weeks. So figure it out. Yeah. You know, so they now like yesterday we were at the beach like half the day and they both just played so well together. Something that my husband and I kind of looked at that. It's like, I think it's because of this bond that we were together all summer. And so now they're just, it's a really special thing to, to look at. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, like, in your opinion, traveling offers to your kids in terms of cultivating certain characteristics or just like whatever, whatever that helps build in them for seeing the world? Confidence. Mm. Um, not also seeing that we're, my, my kids, I would say, are very privileged. Yeah. So, you know, places that we visited aren't always um, easy to get access to certain things. So just an eye-opener for them. Mm. Um, Many people may disagree with us saying like, you know, your kids are so young, they're not going to remember. I disagree with that. Yeah. I think it's not so much I want them to remember. I think they will come back more mature, um, more well-rounded. Culturally, they'll understand, you know, what's what's different. Mm. And the language, you know, like it's, it's just, 
it's it's a beautiful thing to see when you travel with your kids. Absolutely. It like makes the challenges worth it. And I know Absolutely. <laughs> there's this reel going around of this mom, like it's like Instagram, like, you know, but it's worth it, but it's worth it. And then it's like <laughs> behind the scenes, she's like ripping her suitcase apart, trying to find oh, yeah. the one stuffed animal that the yeah, daughter yeah. was. It's like, she's like, it's not dark enough in here. She's not going to sleep. S- oh my and then God. Instagram, so, but it's worth it. So, it's worth we, it. <laughs> so earlier in the summer, we took one, another trip and, um, my Aiden, he is still on a pacifier, which is a bad habit. I know we need to like break it off. But my goal was like after the summer, I was going to wean him off. And so right before we were coming back, we were in London. He went to the bathroom and we call it the dummy. Mm-hmm. So his dummy fell in the toilet. Oh, my God. And all I hear Jeff said, it's like, babe, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know. It's done. And yeah. that's when I was like, okay. Aiden, we are done. There's no more. And so so we came back from London and he was okay. Like he took it like a champ. Yeah. Those two weeks of us being here before embarking on our next six-week travel, he did not have good night's sleeps. And I was like, okay, it's just a phase. He's gonna get over it. We're we just I was trying to keep my foot down. Like, we're not gonna buy another pacifier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we depart. We are first night in Paris, and I luckily something inside of me <laughs> said I need to buy a pacifier just in case as an a emergency backup. pacifier. <laughs> so I packed it. So the first two nights were miserable in Paris, and not only like you know jet lag and all that, but I looked at my husband. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. I need. I I give in. Yeah. I like. I need him to sleep, and I need to sleep. So now we call it the dummy fairy comes after his bath and he needs to be in his PJs, ready for bed, brush his teeth and everything. And dummy fairy magically comes and, you know, then he immediately goes to sleep. And then when he wakes up, he'll even tell you now. He's like, dummy fairy coming? Yep. Yeah, buddy, dummy fairy's coming. So we need to take that pacifier out. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So that's my next thing that I need to work on. Yeah. And and I feel like. But that goes it's, back to perfection. Exactly. Right? Like not, Exactly. I had to make something work in that moment and I just ran with it. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I honestly, that's like, that is traveling with kids like 101 is it's literally like you, you have to do what you got to do. Like some people are very, very strict about screen time at home. But as soon as those little feet land on that plane, here's your tablet. And that's, that's what you do. Right. And right. some, some people are strict about certain things, but as soon as they travel, it's like, it's like just, we just got to survive this. And like, if this is going to help you be calm in terms of the kid, like let the kid be calm and then it helps the parent be calm and everyone sleeps and every, you know, it's, you got to do what you got to do. And that's honestly what it's like with traveling with kids and you deal with the consequences later, right? Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Yeah. I, I really loved what you said about it building confidence in kids because I think it links back to like travel building confidence in kids. And it, confidence is a word that shows up a lot in your website for like helping moms, especially new moms, be confident in themselves. Um, what is that like value of being confident in oneself? Like where do you think that stems from for you? Because it definitely seems like something that's like aligned with throughout your whole life, like building confidence in my kids through traveling, helping other moms feel confident in their clothes. What does being confident feel like or look like for you? Just feeling great. I mean, you know, it goes back to when I wake up in the morning, I am very grateful 
Uh, so with my with my seven year old, we um, do this like checklist routine. And one of the questions on the top, it says, what are you grateful for today? Oh, and that's how we start the day. Um, because, again, it, it goes back to how you feel as a person. Mm. If you feel great. If you look like today he was looking forward to piano lessons. So he's like, that's what I'm grateful for. And I'm like, that's great, buddy. Um, like today, I'm grateful for being here, Aww. being next to you. And that boosts my confidence. So it really stems back to as a little girl, I really didn't have a lot of friends. And I'm not like I'm very social. But I'm also I don't cling to a particular group like I'll bounce around. Mm -hmm. And that's been my entire life. I kind of like bounce to different friends and um, and I'm OK with that, you know, but I love that as years have gone by and this is even as a mature adult, my confidence has gone through the roof even more, even after having kids. Mm. Um, because it goes back to how you feel inside. So feel grateful you're you know i have a really great family very blessed um i'm surrounded by amazing friends so that 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 in itself will boost anybody's energy yeah that's such an interesting perspective on confidence equals like the not just feeling good looking good all that but like the confidence comes from that overflowing sense of gratitude for what you have in your life and like knowing like, wow, I have enough. I have more than enough. I've got great friends. I've got this. My life is great. Mm -hmm. And like, that's where that confidence is boosting from. Cause I think a lot of people misinterpret confidence to just strutting your stuff down the hallway and looking, you know, yeah. and looking good definitely helps you feel confident. But if you, at the end of the day, underneath all that, you still don't feel like you're enough as a person, you don't have enough to right. survive. That is just like false confidence, whereas the true confidence is coming from knowing Inside. I am enough. Yeah. 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 I mean, I when I go to my clients homes, when we do a closet edit, I at times walk away feeling like a therapist. Because, totally. <laughs> you know, I it's a very vulnerable place for my clients to be. Um, I'm walking into your closet. I'm walking into your household. And we are spending the next four to five hours together. Mm. And we we'll discuss a lot of things, you know, we'll get to know each other. So at the end, a lot of my clients feel like it's a relief for that because it's whether they've had so much built up, um, but it, it's good for them. You know, it, it's good to, to hear that. And also I love seeing that, mm. seeing that in them. And not only is at the end of it, are they going to look good, but they feel like a relief that they've get off their shoulders. Yeah. I love that. That's like such a beautiful transformations that your clients get to have, you know, with you and with being able to look at their closets with fresh eyes and be like, wow, actually I have some really kick-ass clothes in here. Yeah. Like I'm doing pretty good. Um, and so like you said at the very beginning, like it's not just for celebrities and and, you know, the rich and the famous, like this is, it's not just about the clothes that you're putting on. It's about like looking into the mirror and like loving the person that you see. And so it's, that's, it really feels like such a transformative Absolutely. service that you're offering on top of, I, I just love this travel capsule wardrobe service. Like I just, um, is that something that you offer remotely? Like if someone were to say, Hey, I'm listening in from California, I'd love to to work with you remotely. So I haven't done that yet. I'm sure we could, we, I do offer like Zoom um, consultations. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I would prefer doing it in person. 
um, and also getting to know the client. Like it's something that I offer to clients, to already existing clients. Right. But I mean, why not? You know, we can always give it a try. Yeah. So Awesome. So the very, very last thing, I, I noticed that um, you had written earlier that about a book. Okay. So you want to share a little bit about the oh the book that I uh, that I would recommend yeah 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 oh the ultimate um the book of styling so yeah so I love that book mm-hmm. um, what it, was the name of it again the I think it's the ultimate book of getting dressed okay cool um so but it's not a book that I yeah read. no 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 oh, I know okay. <laughs> no it's um so when if you are not ready to invest right in a personal stylist and I would highly recommend this book because it really talks about the formula on how to create outfits. Okay. And it's something that anybody can do. Um, the only, you know, what I find most people hiring a personal stylist or a wardrobe consultant is because of the time, mm. right? Like a lot of women just are really busy with everyday life and they just don't have the time to go shopping or organizing their closet, whatever that looks like. So that's where I come along. But if you do have the time to sit and just uh, really focus on something else, I highly recommend this book. Awesome. Because it's a great way, like I said, it, it gives you formulas on how to create outfits, on what staples you should be looking for mm. and so forth. But it's available on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. I'll link so. to that in the show notes. I think mm-hmm. people want formulas. Yes. <laughs> a plus B equals C. <laughs> exactly. So a jean, a, a white, you know, looking tee, great. And yeah. then a pair. So there's a great formula in there that that people would Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely share that in the show notes for sure. Um, So I normally finish these episodes with um, quick, like rapid fire questions. And I don't share them ahead of time because I just wanted to kind of like, you know, pop into your head and see what happens. Um, All right. So number one, if you could only go back to one country, town or place in the world, where would it be and why? (laughs) Okay. Um, I would say South Africa. Oh yeah. So we that's one of the uh one of the trips that we took this summer and with your kids. With my kids. Oh wow. Yeah. So we went. So we my husband and I did our honeymoon in South Africa almost ten years ago. And we took a lot from that trip and we said one day we will come back. And ten years later we did. Wow. So we the reason why we went this year. It was uh, my my father-in-law's 80th birthday. And so he wanted to share that special moment with all of us. Amazing. So we went out to South Africa. But that And your father-in-law lives there? No, no, no. Oh, oh you all went out. We okay, went okay. Out. Wow, big family trip. Yes, it was amazing. But that would be one, you know, and there's so many places to go in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doing a safari, it was just so special. How did you find the safari with Aiden? I'm sure Bryce is old enough, but with my my, I'm always like, I want to go, but I'm just nervous. Like oh, it was amazing. I mean, yeah. he thrived. Both kids thrived. That's awesome. They um, so the way we did it was a little different because everything was a little private. But if you do it the way we did it, I feel like you have a lot more flexibility. Mm. So usually there's two game drives, right? One early in the morning, then later in in the evening. But these kids were up. It was easy for them. It's like they were looking forward to seeing the animals. Yeah. So, yeah. How cool. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Number two. What's number one on your bucket list right now? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, so I have a personal styling studio 
opening up. Uh, my husband and I bought a building a, a few years back, so we're in the midst of renovating it. And that is, I would say, both of our bucket lists right now. We just want to get it done with so he can get in there. And then I can also get in there and offer other stuff, yeah. services for, for my clients. That's awesome. I love, I love when, so I, whenever I say bucket list, people automatically assume like somewhere to travel to or something to do. And I'm like, no, it can be anything. It could be family back at bucket list yeah. business. Well, it's, a goal. <laughs> it's a goal. It's a goal. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, number three, what's the biggest life lesson you've learned while traveling? Life lesson. Um, don't get stressed. Mm. Don't get stressed because there will be a lot of moments that things just don't go your way. You just have to take a deep breath. And I did a lot of those over the summer. A lot of deep breaths. <laughs> a lot of deep breaths. Yes. Awesome. And number four, give one piece of, of advice to an aspiring explorer. Uh, take the risk. Take the risk. So whether that means, you know, you go to some somewhere new, um, whether you have kids and you want to try traveling with kids, um, just take the risk and see where it takes you. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you. I'd love to give you a little bit of space to share where people can find you, whether it's social media, website, anything upcoming that you want to share, feel free. Um, well, it's my Instagram account. So it's Antidote Styles. Um, and then that's, that's pretty much it. But okay. you can also check out all my reviews on Google. I've, I've been really happy with all the, I think I have like up to 30 reviews right now, but they're all five stars. Oh, wow. So that's something that I, I'm really proud of. Yeah, you should be. That's so. amazing. Awesome. I'll definitely be able to link to your website, to your social media. I'll link to the show notes to the book that we spoke about before and make sure to spread the message and yes. people to be able to connect with you. But thank you so much thank for you. being here today and sharing your story. And I'm sure our listeners are going to get so much out of it. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.